Good morning, and we welcome to the program this morning the Chief Executive for the City of Batesville, Mayor Mike Bettis. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm well, and uh, trust that you are as well. Uh, one day at least removed from the uh, Bengals' uh, disappointment in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, that, that wound is slowly healing, uh, but uh, each day it will get better. Uh, and so I'm a longtime Bengals fan, and have uh, followed them uh, for many years when they were not so good. And so it was really exciting to have them uh, have the run that they had at the end of the season. Uh, And certainly uh, a number of victories late in the game uh, over the last few few games. And so that was a lot of fun. And I had high hopes that they might pull it out again, but unfortunately it just didn't work out. Yep, so we shall see what uh, the uh, 2022 uh, football season holds for us. As, uh, but uh, as far as uh, what uh, holds for us in the immediate future is a review of uh, both the uh, Board of Works and Council meeting, and uh, per usual, we'll uh, start with the uh, Board of Works meeting. And, of course, you had uh, three street closure requests on uh, Monday night. That's, yeah, and so this is kind of normal for us to have uh, street closure requests, parking lot usage requests. And so this month we had three three new ones. Uh, the first one was from Margaret Mary Health, who's looking to have a a 5K walk for hospice, which is scheduled for Saturday October um, uh, Saturday April 30th from 9 to 11 a.m. And I think this is the first time that they have ever asked us to close down roads for a hospice walk. And and so this one is is different in the fact that it's actually up on the north side of town. And so so many of our walks are around walks or 5k's are around liberty park uh, but this one is different this one is actually going to start out of their outpatient clinic cancer center up on the north side and will then start there go through quail meadows go out to the berean church and then back and will come back in into freedom park which is out there that we just opened up uh year before and so, and then we'll finish up back in at the outpatient clinic cancer center. And so, this is the first year for that. And uh, so, that was the first one on the on the list. The second one came from Cook Performance. And so, they have done this now for three or four years, where they have their own Olympics, the Cook Performance Olympics, so that they uh, uh, put on. And so, this year will be on Saturday, March fifth. Uh, and so, they're looking to close. Um, Pearl Street from Main Street to Mulberry. And so it's just a, a handful of blocks. Uh, but it's at kind of a quick little short time period from 8.15 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. on that Saturday morning. And I think they just run down to Mulberry and back is is uh, what they use it for. And, and so that was also on our list. And then the final one then came from the Sherman, Peyton Hughes of the Sherman was at the meeting on Monday night and um, made their, I'll say, somewhat usual request in that they're looking to have their Oktoberfest celebration, which will be held on Friday, September 9th and Saturday, September 10th. And the usual, kind of the usual road closures uh, in conjunction with that, uh, they do a nice job of working with all the local businesses, surrounding businesses that get and make sure everyone is aware of what they're up to, so that works out really well. 
And then they also like to use Walnut Street behind their beer garden and, and beer hall on a variety of Friday and Saturday nights during the summer for uh, as they have out groups or have uh, a band or a live performance. So uh, that, those items were all approved uh, at the meeting then on Monday night. All right. And then, of course, uh, another th- function of the Board of Works is uh, safety. And um, one thing that you had mentioned is a, something to put on the radar, uh, replacing, possibly replacing an ambulance. That's right. And so the city of Batesville bought a used ambulance. It was kind of like a demonstrator model and that they purchased in 2015. It was actually, I think it was put in service in 2014, as I, as I have that in my head and so the city bought that back in 2015 and have been using it pretty much nonstop. Um, we generally have two ambulances all the time uh, one that uh, uh, we kind of rotate them back and forth but we have the one that we bought in 2015 has uh, has a number of years on it the life expectancy of an ambulance is anywhere from five to ten years and so if it was built in 2017, it, uh, I guess that makes it seven years old. And we've had some trouble with it. And so we're, we have been spending a fair amount of money out to, for maintenance on that vehicle. And so we're looking at starting the process of replacing it. And so I wanted to advise the Board of Works that, that there was a potentially a item coming to their attention in the next month or two as we work through what is the best way to handle this. Uh, we're, and so we're investigating an option to replace just the chassis and use the existing um, back section, the box, as they like to call it, and or do we replace the entire thing with a whole new machine? And, uh, and so we're still working through that. But, this one, but I gave them a heads up on Monday night saying, hey, this is going to be coming here sometime soon as uh, we come to grips with what do we do with this ambulance. Uh, that is um, probably past its peak and probably needs to be, we need to start the process of, re, of fixing it or replacing it or whatever the case may be. And the way things are in the world today and getting ambulances, it normally takes, uh, it isn't something like you go to the local and you buy one off the shelf, it takes months. And so we need to start planning now for potentially getting a new one um, six months from now, nine months from now, um, a year from now. So um, so, I get, so we just wanted to give everybody that heads up to know, hey, this is coming, so uh, there will be more to come in the, in the, in the following month. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll take a look at what happened at the council meeting Monday night as we continue our conversation with Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. 
And welcome back as we continue our monthly visit with Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis in a city council meeting. Uh, before you got started, uh, you um, accorded a, a rare honor of usually uh, a moment of silence is uh, reserved for a former mayor or council member. But uh, Monday night, uh, you um, accorded one for uh, Jim Sturgis. Yes, and so Jim Sturgis passed away on January 27th. Um, and so I had the honor of meeting uh, Jim many years ago when I was a youngster growing up here in Batesville. And at the time, he was president, or he was, maybe, I'm not sure if he was president. He ran the Fifth Third Bank here in downtown Batesville. And... Uh, played golf, and so I worked out the golf course, and he was uh, one of the nicest people. Uh, he was a great person, and he always took time to chat with those of us who were there at, at the golf course, uh, was always interested in what we were doing and and about our golf game and what our career aspirations were. Uh, was, uh, he was just, just a great guy and, and was such a professional, and, and so – nor, there is not a set rule about a moment of silence uh, at a city council meeting, uh, but historically we have reserved that for mayors or or uh, city councilmen who have passed. Uh, but this time, uh, so Jim has served our community for many years, and so uh, we have a group that we call the Mayor's Committee for the Performing Arts, which was started probably 48 years ago now, and so. Jim uh, Sturgis and George Brinkmall were the two co-chairmen, chairpersons for that committee for 46 years. And so that is unheard of to have uh, two gentlemen uh, give of themselves for so many years. And, and so it was, just seemed appropriate that we take a moment and um, pay honor to Jim we are, as I, as I like to say, Batesville is uh, as ex- successful as we are because we have so many people who care and want to do the right thing and make Batesville a special place. And I've said that many times that, oh, in my time as mayor, and Jim epitomizes that. He, uh, he uh, has given of himself for all these years. Even in the last few years when his health was failing, he was still, uh, he and George still were instrumental in the, um, committee and pulling that together, and so we're—it's uh, it, a loss for uh, for the city. It's certainly a loss for the family. Uh, but we wanted to take time to—it's uh, our way of saying thank you and honor him for his service to, for, to the community of Batesville for 46 years. Right. And then moving on, uh, had a, a visit from uh, Boy Scout Troop uh, 634, and uh, they were there to, uh, I guess, uh, get their uh, their you know their civics badge and things of that nature. But uh, still, that was um, you know uh, it was good to see a lot lot of young people in the uh, audience on Monday night. It was, and, and so I, I almost feel bad. I I didn't sit and count the number of uh, uh, Boy Scouts who were there that evening. If I had to venture a guess, it was ten to twelve. Uh, young men who were there uh, to get to uh, see how a city council meeting works. Uh, and what most and uh, what most people won't know is that they literally stayed afterwards and huddled o- over at the uh, at, around one of the tables, conference table that's in that room, 
and they continued their discussions about what did you see and and what did you learn, and uh, and so invariably after a meeting, I get caught up in talking to a number of people, and um, I so I finally had an opportunity when everyone else left to go join them and, and got to answer some questions for them, and, and so it was really a lot of fun to have them there. It's nice to have young people who come to the meetings and uh, be a part of it. Uh, they had uh, we. Had, I had to answer a couple questions about riding bikes on city streets and and encourage them to be safe. And uh, but through the course of um, of that evening, uh, one of the scout leaders, a Rob Chapman, uh, stood up and and spoke briefly about the Boy Scouts and how successful they have been over the years of having young boys who uh, earned them uh, the Eagle Scout Award. Uh, I think uh, he mentioned that historically there might be 1% of Boy Scouts will will become an Eagle Scout. Uh, Batesville has a much higher percentage of young young men who have been able to earn that distinction. Uh, I think that what he presented on Monday night was 25% of the group last year of the Boy Scouts were awarded an Eagle Scout last year. And so that's quite an honor and, and quite a, a commitment by both the boys themselves and, and the troops and, and their families to help them along that journey. And so it was, it was fun to hear that. I'm glad he, he shared that with the, with us all that evening. And uh, we look forward to hearing more great things about our local Boy Scout troops for the future. All right. And then moving down, uh, of course, uh, the um, monthly uh, mayor's report, and I uh, had the, as usual, uh, per usual, a lot of uh, information to share with the city council and uh, those in the audience. That's right. And so the, uh, I do, I've do. i been doing this since I started of doing a mayor's report just so to keep everybody up to date on projects and different things that are going on around the city. And, and so historically, the last couple of years now, it has been, unfortunately, kind of weighted towards all the COVID stuff. And so I made my usual um, update to council on uh, some of the statistics about COVID. Um, probably the one I follow the cl- closest that I make sure that I carry or that I, I talk about at the city council meeting is to highlight the number of cases that are happening in our in our zip code. So our local zip code obviously is four seven zero zero six, and uh, the state does have a portion of the website where you can. Uh, drill down and find the number of cases for uh, any one particular zip code. And so I have been following that for quite a while. And so last month we had 390 new cases in our zip code, which is the largest we've had in any one month since this all began. And so it's really kind of an interesting position we're in today. At the start of the, since the last city council meeting, uh, that number was going up and was pretty high. Uh, here in the last week, I think that number has started to uh, go back and, and start to decline. And 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 it appears that the numbers are going to get, I'll say, more back to normal and get smaller again. And so I hope that that trend continues. It's how it's worked in other parts of the state, uh, certainly in the northern part, that they're maybe a week or two ahead of us in starting that, I'll say, decline in number of new cases. And so 
we saw a lot at the start of, of this past month, but it's starting to break up a little bit, so that's good news. But 390 new cases in, in a month is a lot, uh, but I'm hopeful that that will turn the corner. The other thing I always make sure I share with council is the the number or percentage of people who are vaccinated in our zip code. Again, this is something that the state provides on their website that I, I try to track. And so if, if you look, look at the state as a whole, the state, uh, there's 56.4% of the people in the state of Indiana are vaccinated. And in our zip code, 47006, our percentage is 60.8. So we're about four percentage points ahead of the state average. Um, if you really look at those numbers more closely, you'll see that those in my age group and older have a relatively high percentage of us are vaccinated. 70, 80% are vaccinated. Um, those numbers kind of drop off by age group. And so as they, as the groups get younger, the percentage of people vaccinated also tends to be smaller. But for our entire zip code, 60.8% is um, not, uh, we're certainly not to 80 or 90%, which what the experts would probably like to see, but we're making some progress. And so we just continue. So I share that every month with council so they understand what's going on. Then I also uh, remind everybody that there's testing available in Milan and that there you can get your vaccinations at Margaret Mary Health and encourage people to work with their with their physicians to make the right choice for them so that they can protect themselves and their families. All right. And, of course, also we're coming up in the next week at the uh, State of the City Address, uh, and that will be uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday night. Yes, and so that will be uh, and so I, uh, that will be my next big event will be uh, State of the City. Uh, and so we're pretty far along in getting the stuff put together. I think last month I, I mentioned that uh, I'm going to spend a fair amount of a lot of time, but we'll spend more time this year than most to talk about population. And because we we got the census, and the census was done in 2020, and we got finally got those numbers oh, late last year, and we've not really talked about them a lot in city council meetings. Um, and so we're go- I'm going to try to spend a little bit more time talking about those num about our population growth and. And so we've had some success. And for a rural community like us, that's 7,000 people, to uh, be able to have grown over the last 10 years is is, is really good and, and gives, makes me feel better that we're headed in a good direction and we're doing some of the, doing some a number of things right to help attract people to our community and do our best to grow our community. Um, and, and so it's important that we continue to grow and that we have um, that we keep up with what's going on around us so that we can continue to provide the services, the police, the fire, the water, the wastewater, all those types of services that we provide that we can afford those for our citizens. And, and com- so compared to a lot of other rural communities that are losing population, we are gaining population, and so that is very encouraging. So I'll talk a little bit more about that on Tuesday night, as well as the things I have done in the past as far as understanding what our financial situation 
and then also looking at the projects that we've completed, the projects that are going on, and the projects that are coming for the future. And so we, there's a lot going to happen in the next couple of years, uh, and certainly because of the ARPA money that is uh, working its way through, and as we start to understand what the rules of that game are, we'll start uh, working on the plan to, on how to deploy that money so as to get uh, try to do what we can to uh, take care of some things that we normally wouldn't get a chance to do, but we'll have this opportunity, so we're going to try to look at those. And then the other piece of the puzzle is the READY program. And so the READY program is kind of a big deal, and we have, we're, still, we're still working with the state. If the state will fund any of the projects that we have put forth, and so we're, we've been working with our local group, or our regional group, and we're also now working with the State Indiana Economic Development Corporation to try to find what projects they're interested in funding and so that we can hopefully continue on a path of, of growing our community. And so there's a lot of those things that are coming to pass. And, then, and, and with that, there will be projects that we'll need to do or hopefully we'll get the opportunity to do. And so there will be a lot happening in the next couple of years depending upon how those funds are distributed and and what the what, uh, city council will want to take on. So there's just going to be a lot happening. We're going to have a lot of uh, items, a lot of things to do in the next two years, and so it's going to be a busy time. All right. And, of course, also um, you know, project that is going on now, the uh, Walnut uh, Street Utility Replacement Project that continues. You're hoping to get that uh, open by the end of this week. But uh, looking ahead even further, um, you've got the uh, the Pullman uh, Road Project and also the Huntersville uh, Underpass, uh, which are on the radar, and I understand that those are coming up in spring. That's right. And so we, uh, the widening of Pullman Street, which also includes putting a new culvert in on Pullman, but we're also looking to widen that street at the same time to make it to get a little, a little bit uh, wider so cars can pass more readily on that street. And so that should start uh, early March. And then once they, they're, they're, they, the plan is to do Pullman first, and once they're done with Pullman, then they'll move over to Huntersville. And so we're taking on a project this spring uh, at Huntersville that uh, I have been wanting to do for a few years, but we've been waiting to get the funding put together from the state. And, and so we were successful in getting money from NDOT through the Community Crossing Matching Grant Program and so we're going to be able to um, fix, I'll say fix, we're going to do our very best to fix the, the underpass that uh, the train goes over top of Huntersville Road. And historically what happens when we have a large rain is that that underpass fills up with water because we don't have the correct drainage in that space. So we, are in the, uh, we have been working on this for, for a couple of years to get it engineered, uh, we've had a few challenges in working with the railroad. They are very particular about things and also wanted to get paid to have uh, a flagman out there. And so if you think about it, the flagman was supposed to be there to flag the uh, train that comes through twice a day, almost never comes through during the middle of the day when the, we'd be working on the road. Most time it comes early in the morning and comes late at night. And so I think we've finally been able to 
get some relief from the railroad company, and we're now uh, hopefully then this this spring we'll be able to uh, put in some new drains themselves, and then put in a much larger pipe to get the water out of there. So we're we're confident that we've got a good plan that we will not have this issue that like we have had for so many years of every time there's a large rain of that underpass filling up with water and then having to wait a day for the water to finally seep out of that area. We're hoping to have a situation where it will rain. We'll be able to control it and get it out, out from underneath there quickly and, and get it into a creek nearby Creek so that it can flow readily. And so uh, that would be a, uh, one of those projects that I have wanted to do and we'll finally have the opportunity to get it done this spring. All right. Well, as always, a, a lot really uh, going on in the city of Batesville. And uh, Mayor Mike Best, we appreciate it as always that uh, you uh, join us this morning. And um, if uh, we look forward to uh, visiting with you once again next month. All right. Well, everyone, have a great week. And uh, uh, please feel free to come join us at a city council meeting. They may not be the most exciting thing to do on a Monday night, uh, but we uh, are there and do our, try to do our best to make sure we're taking care of the needs of the folks of our community. And so you're always welcome to come join us. Uh, and so I'll, I'll let it be at that. Everybody be safe, and I'll be back again next month.